everybody, welcome back to Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Uh, this is a special little breakout episode for our spoiler talk of Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, my name is Chad Michael Ennis, and joining us this week, we have... Josh Osborne. Josh Osborne. Uh, he was just on this week's episode as well, our regular episode. So, charming dude, lots of great opinions, go listen to that. But today, we're going to talk about Horizon. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, how long ago did you finally beat Horizon? Uh, let's see. This has been be... a long time coming, I think, for us. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I, I got it day one. I think it took me like about two... Three weeks, I would say, and I beat it. Yeah, it was like the end of end of February, beginning of April. Do you know what your hour count was? Uh, I do not actually. I, I I looked at it every once in a while. I, I I imagine it's probably right around fifty hours. I I beat it at about fifty fifty one, mm-hmm. and then I got the platinum trophy at like fifty three. Yeah, yeah, that sounds all right. Because I'm going for the platinum. This will be the first game I ever legitimately platinum. What? Uh, and the only thing I have left to do is find all those, um, the, uh, grazer dummy things oh, that are set yes. up everywhere and knock them over. That was a pain over. in the butt. I, d- I didn't realize that I missed one in somewhere and I was like, I went back to, I was like, I got all of these. I swear to God, I got all of these. And I went <laughs> back and was like, I got all of these. And then I found one. I, uh, it was one of those things where in the very beginning when you're in, at like Rost's place and I saw those set up everywhere, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't need to do anything with these. I'll just go <laughs> on my merry way. And then at the end of the game or whatever, I just looked at the trophy list, because I, I like to look at them just out of curiosity. And I was like, wow, I have all of them except for this one. What is this one? Knock over all the crazy dummy. God damn it, I've been passing those this whole goddamn time, and I didn't knock them over? God dang it. So we were just talking about how like we don't like to spoil things ahead of time for us, or like mm. watch playthroughs or anything like yep. that. Do you ever look at a trophy list before you start a game? No. No? No. I generally tend not to either. Yeah, no. I, I'll, I'll do it, like, after. Or, like, if I get a good chunk of the way through, I'll, like, take a peek. Yeah. But generally, if I do look at it, I'm I'm taking the developers on good faith that they have those, like, spoiler ones as, the like, hidden, hidden trophies. trophies. Yeah. Yeah. I generally, if I, if I get far enough into a game to decide, I really like this game, mm-hmm. I want to platinum this game, then I'll be like... Let me keep an eye out for things that I... I'll go through the list and be like, yep. okay, kill 100 people with this weapon, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, Josh, let's just start with your overall thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn. Whoo, man. I absolutely loved this game. It is one of the most original games I've played in a long, long time. And it was just refreshing to come into this new world that's like... Unlike anything I've ever seen, like just the concept of all these dinosaurs, um, everything, what the hell does Zero Dawn mean? Yep. You know, all this stuff was so intriguing to me and the world was so rich and, oh man, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Loved the characters. The story was amazing. Like great stuff. I'm excited to see where this potentially goes. Yep, yeah. me too. I was. This is one of the coolest sci-fi stories that I think I've seen. Definitely in a video game. Definitely, and yep. and kind of up there with kind of sci-fi in general. Yes, like whether it's movies or books or things like that. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest sci-fi stories I've experienced. Um, I freaking love all of the characters. Yep, you had mentioned like every single character in this game is so fully fleshed out mm-hmm. even like if it's a side quest character that you encounter every once in a while oh yeah like 
and there's some where it's like you don't see them again after you encounter them on a certain thing or yep. a lot of characters die or whatever and it's like man like I gotta miss that dude. Yeah, you know it's crazy. Like, very rarely does a game ever make me feel like, man, I wish I could go back and you know talk to that person or do something with that person. Yep. And I, I also really loved the combat. The yes. combat just felt oh, so man. good. Yeah. And this is one of those few times where I felt like, you know, there are so many games now that advertise you can approach this in any way you want, mm-hmm. but I really feel like you from the outset you have. Almost access to all types of weapons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, after like a half hour, 45 minutes of playthrough, you get to your first merchant. Yep. And from there, you really do build a play style. You, I ended up with the full arsenal of weapons, and then depending on what dinosaur I was fighting and things like that, then I had yep. like a specific style. I had a, If I was fighting a Thunderjaw that also had Ravagers around it, then I'd be like, shit, I gotta change up my style yep. for this specific scenario. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I love the combat. Felt yeah. so fresh. In fact... The very first, I think it was five hours of the game that I played, uh, it took me five hours to get to the very first Sawtooth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was like, it's pretty early in the game. Yeah, but, I but you did, went out and did a lot of stuff before. I Yeah, I, I didn't even do side quests. I didn't do main quests. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm going to go find a herd of dinosaurs and try to take them down. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do some stealth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the tripwires. I'm going to do... And it was just so satisfying yes. that I finally realized, you need to actually do something in this game. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get somewhere. Make some progress. Yes, definitely. Uh, related to the combat, too, is I felt... The, the thing I loved about this, and I can't think of any other game, maybe outside of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, where every encounter I had, I was always on edge. Because... Yes. It, it's challenging. Like, if a, if a dinosaur gets a hold of you, you're screwed. And yeah. it could be, you know, the little watchers to a thunder jaw to a giant storm bird. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. If it gets its claws on you, it's devastating. Um, which So the whole time I'm approaching this thing and I'm like, you know, I got to watch out for this or that. Or, you know, a long leg is going to call all its little buddies over or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, I, that also is just something this game does extremely well. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you you level up mm-hmm. and you get a 10-point a health increase every level. Yep. So, uh, which is not a, a lot. lot. It's not, a, mm-hmm. not enough to, like, make you feel strong or anything like that. But you don't you don't deal any more damage. You yep. don't gain any new crazy ass powers. You just unlock, oh, when you're running, you're a little bit stealthier, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can now summon an enemy or take over an enemy for a longer period of time. Yep. So I love that the game never really got easy yes. as you progressed mm-hmm. and leveled up. You just have to, you have to use your, your brain and you have to mm-hmm. like, it's a puzzle. Every single encounter you crouch in the grass, you see, all right, what what robots are there? And mm-hmm. then you have to come up with a strategy, and you're like, this is how I'm going to take this down. And then something discovers you, and that all goes out the window, and you yep. freak the fuck out. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that it never got easy. That yes. every single encounter was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fantastic. Yes. Uh, 100%. And it, it's so interesting, too. Like you, You'll develop a strategy for a certain thing that goes to shit, and then you're like, well, what if I try, you know, doing this instead? What if I try freezing it instead? Yeah. Or what if I try this or whatever? And you're like, whoa, that works too. Like, it's crazy. So what were some of your most used and least used weapons that you ended up using? Okay, I frequently used the um, 
the uh, super longbow with the yeah. tear blast arrows. Yep. Use that a lot. There was um, the... Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's the Shadow Karja um, hunter bow. Mm-hmm. Use that a lot with the, um, the what was it the special heads on them that were also like piercing kind of yeah the um, trip caster I used a, a lot the trip caster yeah uh, yeah um, that's putting those trip hour the... trip wires out yeah. yeah I used that a lot more than I thought I would I didn't think I would use that a lot but I ended up using it a lot and it was super super useful um, I used the rope caster every once in a while it, it depended on what machine I was going up against sure. as or if there were a lot of them, and I'd be like, okay, this guy, I gotta isolate. I gotta rope cast him down, keep him away, and deal with these other things um, uh, there. Um, I found later in the game I was using the um, the um, slingshot yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't using it enough in the beginning. <laughs> I, I, the think. Say, I, I, like, I got to about three quarters of the way through the game, and I realized... There's all this elemental shit that I mm-hmm. haven't been, like, freezing an enemy or the, the electricity. And, like, I haven't been used. I never got that bow. Yep. I just never figured I'd pick up the bow that mm-hmm. has those three different types. But, yeah, I started using the the Karja Sling much more towards the end of the yeah. game. And I think one of the reasons I started using it more is there's uh, one of the hunting grounds. It's, like, kills such and such amount while frozen or something yeah. like that. Like, grazers or something like that. And I went in and I was like, I wonder, will this freeze all of them if they're all clumped together? And I fired it in there and they were all frozen. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is super effective. I should yep. use this a lot more. <laughs> so then just setting stuff on fire or stunning them all with electricity, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I started using that a lot more. Um, I also started using a lot of the, the like heavy weapons that you can pick up. Yeah, a lot more because I realize, especially like when you have a thunder jaw or something like that, like getting that disc launcher and yep. just firing it at that thing helps tremendously, as opposed to using just the tools at your disposal. My go-to for a thunder jaw that I eventually ended up like when I'm approaching a thunder jaw, this is what I do: mm-hmm. was I immediately from a distance, the first thing I do, tear blaster arrow, drop the disc launcher. Yep, and then the next thing I would do, I would take all that freeze sling. And I would freeze it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then once it was slow, I would use the rope caster, tie it down, and then take the disc launcher and just blast that thing. Interesting. Okay. That was, I used the rope caster a lot towards the end. Okay. Uh, and pretty much I would tie down everything. And that would mm-hmm. be... But what, I was I was running low on wire, which was shitty. Right. The rope caster used so much of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would tie that down, the Stormbird, uh, those goddamn... What was the the smaller birds? Oh, the glint hawks. Glint hawks. Yeah, those were obnoxious. That was the only way. How did you dispose of glint hawks? Usually? I found the easiest way for me to do it was I would take, um, I think it was the hunter bow. I don't think it was the elemental one. I would do fire arrows. For me, it was two arrows, and they'd light on fire. And when they're on fire, they kind of panic and fall to the ground. Dang. And once yeah, they hit the ground, I'd run up and just smack them with my spear. Dang. Uh, while they're on the ground. I never tried that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't figure it out until, I, honestly, it might have been another hunting ground where it was like light so many of them on fire or there was a challenge like that where it's like light them on fire. And I was like, wow, they fall to the ground pretty easily that way. <laughs> so I just lit them on fire. They'd fall to the ground. I'd smack them around uh, with my spear thing. They um, were always like, my. that was my least favorite robot in the whole game was the Glint Hawks. Yeah. Because... I couldn't. I couldn't find any other way other than tying two rope casters. Yeah, tie them down. And that's and super difficult because they got to get in close for you to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what my least, 
my least favorite of the of the dinosaurs was i mean in in terms of like fighting them i guess my least favorite would be like the grazers or whatever because they're super passive yeah but i can't think of any of the ones that you like actively engage in combat that i actively disliked i definitely had harder times with certain ones um but i can't think of any that i was like god i have to go up against a fucking snap mod like oh god (laughs) you know um I would definitely get scared of them yeah. as like, as, oh man, uh, those fucking, what do they call them? Rock bellowers or oh, whatever, yes. the like tremor dinosaurs. Yep. Those things are a pain in the ass, like to take down and like get their little arms off so they can't crawl under the ground or anything. Yep. Man, those things are hard. I avoided all of those until the very, very end of the game. Like I got the first one, the very first one you fight. Oh, and the, during that side quest? Yeah, during mm-hmm. the side quest. And then I uh, I came by the corrupted zone where there were two corrupted ones, oh and I was like, God. "That's gonna be literally." Yeah, the last I did thing that post game. game. Yep, yep. Uh, but then I, I finally realized that if you freeze those guys, they take so much damage. Really? Yeah, if you wow. Freeze them, they go down like like that. Holy shit! It's so quick. I never tried that. Yeah, because they also have a weakness to ice. Ah, that makes sense. That but makes yeah, sense. I figured that out whenever you were fighting. Um, there's the, so there's the the side quest in the pit where they're like, oh, all of our guys are dying, blah, and then there's the side quest where you have to get the prince or the yeah the oh, prince yeah uh, Itaman those yep. are two different mm-hmm. rock smasher or rock oh that's breakers. right because the guy the they're supposed to clear the way or whatever and he's like yeah some yeah. big fucking thing came up and ate a bunch of our guys I'm the only one who survived I'm not going back in there yep that's uh, the one yeah, where I, I forgot about, about the ice thing I was like oh oh that makes sense of course by then of course I picked up more elemental weapons and started right. using them more frequently mm-hmm. too. Yeah, one of my favorite moments was the first time I encountered one of those. And it's during that side quest in the quarry. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we've been hearing some weird, you know, explosion sounds or something come from coming down there. Can you go down there and take a look at it? And I remember, like, looking at this quest, and I was like, well, that's a really high-leveled quest. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Was, so I skipped it for a little bit, and I came back, and I was still, I think, extremely super underleveled. Like, I think it was, like, level, suggested level was, like, 24, 26. I think it was, like, 20. And I was like, this can't be that hard. And I'll go down there and see what's going on. And I go down there, and there's a bunch of the um, uh, blaze canisters sitting around everywhere. And I was like, yep. well, there are a lot of explosives. I'm sure, you know, one of these went off at some point. And I hear this, like, rumbling. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm, like, looking in the sky, like, what is this? Where is this thing? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from a cave? Where is it? And all of a sudden, it launches up out of the ground at me. And I was like, fuck! What is this? I don't know what this is, and I don't know what to do! And I ran, and I was, you know, quickly figured out. I was like, oh, this motherfucker's like a tremor. It is is, is a tremor. If I get up high, I'll be okay. So I, like, got up high on a thing. It launches rocks at you yep. that knock you off of that thing. And I was like, I am not safe anywhere. And I like ran away, came back when I was super, you know, when I was leveled up enough or whatever and eventually took it down. But I was like, God, that is one of those moments where I was like, God, like, that's amazing. Yep. Yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about, oh, were there anything that you, that you just straight up didn't use at all? Like I found, mm. I I never use traps. 
I rarely, yeah, I rarely use traps. I used them every once in a while, but I didn't use them a whole lot. I did not use the elemental bow at all. I no. know that. Yeah. I eventually started using that one towards the very, very end once I discovered corruption arrows. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that I was like, oh, that could probably but, be kind yeah, of useful. Yeah, I used on a handful of occasions. Yeah. Um, that might be it. I think I used every other weapon or whatever pretty consistently besides that. Did you ever use the, the shotgun type one, the tear blaster? or the? Oh, no, I did not use that one. No, no I, I used didn't. that one pretty much just to get the training quest out of the way. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, I did not use that one. That's like the super short-ranged, like, yeah. fires a bunch of little prongs out. Yep. Yeah, nope, never use that. Uh, let's talk about story. Yes. Story of Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, man. Um, so this story is so freaking cool. I love that it's this, it's post-post-apocalyptic. Yep. Society's already kind of rebuilt itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time I discovered that Horizon Zero Dawn, like, when you're on the, the in the office building, the yep. very, very it's top very, of the very office top. building, mm-hmm. you discover that these things are out of control and they've got to take these drastic measures. What was your reaction? I, so, and this is before you learn what the Zero Dawn project yeah. was. When they were saying that, I was trying to think, I was like, because they make these robots that consume biomatter and everything. Yep. I was like, some way they have to find some way to reset things. I was like, this has to be some giant EMP device, something that disables absolutely every electronic thing ever created or whatever like just some giant emp pulse that destroys everything maybe that's what resets humanity that was kind of my first go-to was something to shut down these machines or some some kind of crazy virus that destroys all of you know uh um uh computers and electronics some something to that effect yeah uh what were you thinking i it it blew my mind actually it made me think back to the very the very very first story piece that actually made me feel like this was gonna be a really cool, mm-hmm. awesome game. Mm-hmm. Was when you get down to after the, after the proving, yes, and mm-hmm. you're in All Mother All there, Mother, yep. and you realize when they bring you to All Mother, and it's a door. Yep, and it's saying like the code is corrupted and things like that, and they think that this is a goddess, and the whole tribe, and you're there's so much dramatic irony. You're like, holy shit, their goddess is, is literally a door. just a broken door. Yep, and that. Aloy was laying there, and that she came out of nowhere. That there, what if there are people behind this door? Yeah, I had that what same. If this thought. is all like like the village. I'm not Shyamalan, mm-hmm. and there's like this is real world America right now, but it's just like a, a scientific experiment. Mm-hmm. That's the first time it hooked me, and I'm like, holy shit, I've got to find out more. Yeah, the the thing I, that was similar to me. That was the the first point where it, it really really got its hooks in me. Yeah, like I I was hooked after the proving after Ross dies and everything. Yep. Like I was like, oh my god, like that's crazy. But it was discovering that she has a ninety nine percent match to this person from the past. Yep. This um, Doctor Elizabeth Sopek, and I was like, if she has a ninety nine percent DNA match to this person. That means she is either that person, she is a clone of that person, or some weird science experiment thing using her DNA. Something to that effect. How is she related to this person? Yeah. I do not know. And I need to know. That is That, that was my driving force at that time. Yep. And then, you know, you learn her name and everything. And then it became, what's up with these machines? Yeah. Kind of after that. Let's talk about the the actual project Zero Dawn. Yes. Like what this means. So it's basically they say we give up. 
There's yep. no way we're going to come over. We have to wipe out everything on Earth. Yep. And hope an, an AI is smart enough to rebuild afterwards. Yeah. Um, so the kind of what happens to end humanity is there's this big corporation. Um, they hire um, this Elizabeth Soapbeck, and she's a brilliant, brilliant scientist. Um, makes all of these different robots that are good for the environment. Um, there's different like uh, um, like butler robots, stuff like that. They're super useful and everything. And eventually you find out they have a falling out of some kind. And you don't know what or whatever until you find out they started going into the military route. Using these uh, machines and everything, they create these amazing, you know, crazy diabolical machines. But then the, the last ones that they make, as a fail-safe measure of if they run out of fuel, they can consume biomass in order to fuel themselves. So basically, it could eat your enemies for fuel out in the field. Which, to the military, that sounds great. Yep. Um, until you build them with the most sophisticated artificial intelligence and they realize... I don't need humans to live anymore because I can create myself. I'm going to eat this entire planet. And essentially Zero Dawn is them saying, there's no way we can defeat these. They keep reproducing at such a massive rate. All we can do is throw as many bodies at it as we can to keep them pushed back and die. Yep. That That's it. And then in the meantime, create Zero this Dawn. Gaia. Yeah. Gaia. Yep. Oh, man. And there was also... So there are so many different facets to Gaia. One of them is like... Uh, I think it was Yeah, a- they're Apollo all Greek the... gods. Yeah, it's Apollo, Artemis, Hades, um, Hephaestus. Um, I'm trying to think if I can remember the other ones. But the, the major ones you deal with are Gaia, Hades, and Apollo. Yeah. Those are like the three that you really, really um, engage with or there's something uh, story-related to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have so that they have their plan afterwards is they have these robots that are going to raise children. They're going to take these children and grow them in wombs, mm-hmm. uh, and then have them raised by robots so that they can then have children of their own and start the society over again. Uh, there's even the side plan. I've, I've read a, I've, I've read every single diary I could get my hands on. Oh, me too. Every single audio log. Yep. And they they also had like just in case we're gonna shoot somebody shoot this colony yep. into space and the hope that something Odyssey happens program. there. Yep. Um, they had the all of the knowledge base and the history mm-hmm. that they end up pulling the plug on and, and detonating at the very end too, oh, which is like man. everything that they had worked for to preserve art and human history and all of this stuff is just gone. Yep. Uh, and their justification was, you want us to to give them all of this hate and war and things like that you want us to put them in their brains or you want us to give them a fresh start and a chance to kind of make something better yeah and for the record this is one guy that thinks yes that. one guy yeah that had the, and the the rest of them are all for preserving this yep. this knowledge so that past precedents could not be repeated again right and then they're locking everybody who's left in this basically bunker where yep. they can live out the rest of their life if and they, they sterilize it. everybody. And yes, everyone sterilizes. Which is an they interesting yep. little thing, too. And it's so cool, not cool, but like interesting that if they choose you as someone to head up the, the space program mm-hmm. or the culture and art and th- like to head up that program, they're like, hey, we're going to invite you in on this interview. We're going to explain what's going to happen to you. After this, you have three choices. You can join our team. You can... Uh, incarcerated? And, yeah, and, or you can just say nope and choose 
for us to euthanize you. Yep. And there's no going back to the real world after you figure out, hey, by the way, the real world's fucking ending anyway, but we can't cause mass hysteria. Yep. Um, so freaking cool as a concept for oh, amazing a video game because I the, at least off the top of my head, I cannot think of a, like a sci-fi story or whatever where they don't figure out a way to like you know do something to save humanity as it is at that moment. This is literally humanity says we give up. There's no win scenario here. And we have to put our hopes into the hands of this AI that we're going to create and hope that it builds a better future yep. down the line. So after we've wiped out all Earth, all of the, the machines have died off, and hopefully this one Gaia will reawaken itself, mm-hmm. make everything better, and start growing things and creating robots for its own purposes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the impact that has on the world... That then develops from that. Yes. Like, all of these tribes that have no idea what all of this shit from made from metal and these computers mm-hmm. and these focuses that they keep attaching their head that show them all of these crazy things. Yeah. And so it becomes, like, this thirst for knowledge mm-hmm. a little bit, especially with Silence. Oh, yeah. Who uh, Silence. What a character. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so he's, like, so thirsty for knowledge, he's hacked into everybody else's focus and he's listening on their entire lives. Yep. He's watched... Aloy, from birth to uh, well, yeah. the first time she picked up that focus. Yeah, well, and the interesting thing is I, I don't... I think they clarify this somehow, is he didn't notice her until he met um, what was um, um, Aaron's friend. Until he saw the, the, the match when he saw that she matched the... Yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah, sorry. Wanted I was thinking that it was when um, she meets that... Oh, that it's Aaron's guy that she meets and it's like family is kidnapped or whatever. And he's, he, but right before the proving, name, yeah. for some reason I thought it was that moment is when he saw the her the and cool then kind of chops and mustache. And yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of went back and watched her all the way up, but yeah. he has 100% seen her from the moment she picks up that focus when she's like six yep. years old, maybe, maybe a little bit older or younger up until the present moment. Um, yeah, and his thirst for power, or not power, knowledge, knows almost no bounds. Yep. He wants to know everything. And so that's where he forms a relationship with Hades. So mm-hmm. what is Hades' relation role in this whole world? So Hades, originally, as a part of the Gaia program, was created as a way if Gaia created the world or whatever, and for some reason it wasn't working, Hades would take over and destroy the world again, essentially, um, for it to be recreated once more. The problem is, is that Hades eventually, um, its own, so each of these different programs have their own little artificial intelligence that's over, with, that are controlled overarching by, um, by Gaia, and Hades kind of goes rogue and wants to just destroy the world, essentially, or destroy all organic life. Um, and he's like locked into his own little thing, and Silence eventually hears this transmission from Hades after he's kind of awakened himself. And he goes up to him, and Hades starts talking about quantum physics and uh, biology and all this stuff. And Silence has to know what this stuff is. And Hades is essentially like, if you help me, I'll give you this knowledge. I'll yep. tell you about quantum physics. I'll tell you about astrology. I'll tell you about this stuff. 
And so his actions from then for a long time are in line with Hades until he realizes, quote unquote, <laughs> that this is bad and he's not going to do it anymore, quote unquote. <laughs> because eventually uh, he kind of rescinds that whole thing. So it's kind of the the old adage that like history is going to repeat itself. Yep. And that's what the, the guy who erases all of human history and things like that from our reset plan, he hoped that this kind of stuff would help to make a better society and things like that. But in reality, their thirst for that knowledge, if they had had it, yep. he wouldn't have needed Hades for that and things like that. And mm. Hades wouldn't have been able to progress as far as he did in exactly. order to. So it's kind of that weird catch-22 where I don't mm-hmm. want them to have this, but also that's what drove them to do. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which That whole arc with, I think it's Ted, right, is his name? The CEO yeah. of, the, of the company is kind of interesting how that goes. And I, I knew from the moment I met him, he was going to be a part of that project. And he was going to do something to fuck it up. Yep. Because he's a little asshole. <laughs> um, and I just love his it's, it, interesting relationship between him and Elizabeth Sopek. Yeah. Uh, is very interesting. Um, so let's talk about side quests real quick. One of my favorite things about this game <laughs> is that we had talked about the characters having so much depth. But these yeah. side quests, aside from like one or two in the beginning of the game none of them felt like your traditional open world fetch quests. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything had so much story to it, whether it is someone looking to avenge his sister's death mm-hmm. or whether it is somebody uh, who is like, hey, all of these Glintocks are starting to attack our town. What's bringing them there? And you find out that it's these guys who are mining snap moths for this valuable material and you got to mm-hmm. decide, do I fight these guys to get them to stop mining snap moths so that these Glintocks don't attack this city or yep. do I kind of work it out more diplomatically it's every side quest is so fleshed out yes and has such an impact and it's funny too because when you first get them you'd be like oh this is just a freaking fetch quest they want me to go over to that junkyard and grab a couple of these parts and bring them back over here and then you go and find out oh bandits have raided this whole thing and there's a shit ton of scrappers over here that have taken over this junkyard and are kind of mining it in their own uh kind of way or whatever and that becomes a whole thing where then those bandits decide to raid the village that sent you on that quest and you have to fend them off uh, from that village or whatever. Yep. So there's a, a lot of different arcs. And there are side, side quests that are more important than others. Like, I was surprised the one with Idaman, um and his mother was not a main part of the yeah. quest. I was surprised that was a side quest because it very much felt like a, a primary quest yeah. in, in my eyes, at least. I feel like all of these felt like... yeah. Primary quests, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the amount of attention to detail and things like that. And, yeah. And motivation that was there behind each of the characters' moves. It was mm-hmm. so freaking great. Yeah. Super, super cool. Um, oh, another thing, too, before I forget is that's interesting about this game and its story is there's kind of two stories going on at once, in a sense, where you have everything in the past with Elizabeth Sopek, all of this yeah. technology and everything. But on top of that, you have this whole political, social story with the tribes and how they interact with each other on top of all of this stuff going on. So there's like the current world as it is and its story evolving in line with finding out all of this stuff about the past and how that eventually then impacts the story that you're on in the world that you're in too, which is super interesting. Yeah. And how they do that is really really well done um was there anything you didn't like about the game 
that I didn't like. Um, I felt my the the biggest opportunity that yeah. I felt was the climbing and the traversal. Yeah, yeah. Was I? I so it's it's hard not to compare this game to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, right? Where you can climb everything mm-hmm. and i had played this i played breath of the wild for like an hour before i played this sure but there were so many times in horizon where i felt like i need to get up there and the only way i could kind of see to do it was be to kind of scale this mountain mm-hmm. but scaling the mountain felt like i was glitching it like i was yes. jumping and like jumping mm-hmm. on places that i technically shouldn't have been able to jump on mm-hmm. i got stuck quite a few times where i would like fall down in a crevice and then i'm just like hanging out between some rocks that i can't get out of uh-huh so i feel like traversal was was the biggest yeah, opportunity there. I can see that, for sure. Um, I can't think think of anything that I actively disliked about the game. However, there are things that now, having seen what this game does or whatever, things that I want them to do in whatever the next installment sure, is. Sure, yeah. What do you want from a sequel? Um, so, I would like that... So, at the end of the game, all the side quests that you do, you can have more people assist you in the final battle between all these machines and all the shadow carja and all this stuff um, that kind of make it easier. Like, it's not crazy difficult, but, you know, if you don't get the um, the Osaram to help you, you might not have those cannons that do a shit ton of damage. Yeah. Um, you might not have, you know, these people scattering supplies out for you throughout the battlefield. Um, certain things like that. I would like them to take a more kind of Mass Effect 2 approach where um, potentially, like, you don't get these Osram people. That allows these machines to break through on this side of the, you know, village and wreak all this havoc and everything. Like, I was surprised that no one died in that final battle. That everyone made it out okay. Yeah. Um, Was kind of surprising to me. Like, it's not... I wouldn't say I was disappointed by it or anything like that, but I think that battle would have carried a little bit more weight if somebody had died. And especially they set up that precedence where when Ross dies and literally everyone at the Proving dies, which I was also super surprised by. I did not see that coming at all. Um, I expected some casualties along the way that weren't there. Um, So I would definitely like to see something like that where it's like consequences of you not reaching out to these certain people may have an impact of how the end of the game goes. Um, but I'd like to see more about like the the political climate of all these clashing clans yeah. um, that all live within one another. Because they're, they're all super interesting and drastically different. Like the Karja are kind of the equivalent of like the English Empire of like the medieval times. And the Osram are very like Viking kind of... Um, kind of things and they allude to some other tribes like you see um, there's that one side quest where you're rounding up all the criminals and there's that one who's like a cannibal who's like a a part of some kind of tribe that believes in this you know I want to see more of that for sure Um, what what else do you think uh, Chad that you'd like to see in a I would love to see um, using now that they have like an under, not necessarily understanding, but they've had more access to this technology. Yes. Seeing some some more technological weapons. Yes. Being able mm-hmm. to, to see technology come more into those weapons. Like, we saw a couple of things, like, with the, the heavy guns that some of the, the bandits might drop or things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But being able to see kind of bigger, badder weapons would be pretty cool. Yeah. I like the fact that everything is kind of bow and arrow based or, mm-hmm. like, kind of... Very primitive. Parts. Kind yeah, of, very yeah. primitive mm-hmm. stuff. 
Um, but being able to see a little bit more Arsenal would be great. Definitely, that's, definitely. That'd be awesome. And, of course, new machines. They might oh, serve yeah. different purposes. I, I love the fact that when Guy is making these machines, it's because it's for some purpose. Yep. Whether it is to help graze and, and make vegetation possible mm-hmm. or whether it is to service protection or something like that yep. that each of these machines is serving a purpose to Gaia and making this world happen yeah because that was a super interesting to- thing too is like going throughout the world and you see these grazers are like digging into the ground and stuff like that and I'm like trying to figure out I'm like why the hell are they digging into this ground why are these machines you know scavenging other machines like vultures you know yep. why are they doing what they're doing and then you figure out oh they're terraforming the planet yeah. and recycling the other robots that have been destroyed and like all this kind of stuff like really interesting yeah and there's definitely a lot of other places they can go with those those types of machines and you even find out the reason that they look like these dinosaurs is because gaia feels bad that the dinosaurs died yeah that's why she makes them look like dinosaurs yeah which is interesting like this this artificial intelligence that also has emotions and feelings in a sense is very very interesting yeah uh, about it um i'd also one thing that i'd like to see in a in a sequel um, I like that there are different outfits that you can put on and they all have different like attributes and stuff like yeah. that. And they all looked pretty cool. I would like to see like customizable armor of like gauntlets, yeah. um, chest pieces, stuff like that. Like fully setting that stuff out. Cause they, they really set up Aloy to be someone who goes in there and tinkers around and kind of makes her own thing. So I'd like to see some more crafting components in terms of like, you making your own weaponry and armor and stuff like that. Did you play around a lot with the customization of the armor, like, as is in the game? Not- I found that I pretty much stuck to two suits. The sneaking suit and then the protector armor. Yep. Until yep, I got that's- the final armor, which was awesome. Oh, which is so fucking cool. Yeah, with um, those power cells. God, yeah. that was cool. I, uh, I was pretty much the same way. I think I... But occasionally I would use... Like, if I was going up against, like, a corrupted Thunderjaw or something like that, yeah. I'd put on the... Um, like was it the the Banuk poison eater outfit or something like that, um, or occasionally throw on like the ice one or the fire one if I was going up against a bellower, but outside of that, I pretty much stuck to the stealth one. I always said I I would say I use for most of the game. Yeah. Um, but if I got into a really tough encounter, I'd switch to the Nora protector outfit. Or once I got to that final suit of armor, I was like, this is it. Yep, that's I, that's the only one I'm using. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't really put two and two together. I got about halfway through the game only ever wearing the stealth armor. Uh-huh. And then I was just like, man, if I ever get caught by these things, they hurt. Yeah. And then I didn't realize, oh, it's because there are other types of armor out there. Right. And this is probably the weakest one because it's the stealthiest. And I was like, mm-hmm. dang it. Yeah, I should probably also invest in some protector armor. Yeah. Um, did you ever... How often did you run into storage issues with capacity? Of resources. Uh, pretty, pretty often, I'd I, say. I felt like I was constantly hovering at like 95 out of 100. Yep. And I was just managing those last five slots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love... Because one thing I like is that you're looking at an item and it tells you this item is used for selling to merchants. You can use yep. it to craft stuff. You can use it to buy weapons. And then if it's, if it's literally just something for selling, it'll tell you just for selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, you get all of these lenses... And you get all of these hearts yep. from each of these monsters. And mm. you get this feeling like, well, I don't want to sell these. Because yeah, I want to save them. Trade for, for something valuable. Yeah. Or, so I, I had at least two or three from every single monster yep. that I had fought so mm-hmm. far. That on top of 
the skin, the bones of all of these yep. other animals to make these bigger capacity bags that I was just like, that became a nuisance. Yes. But that I had to constantly yeah. drop Ridgewood in order mm-hmm. to make room to pick up something. But Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I that is standing out to me more. Something that I have as a minor complaint about the game is that I did find myself and I'd be like, well, I don't use chill water a lot. I'll drop a bunch of that. Or, yeah. you know, Ridgewood, I got a shit ton of that. And, you know, I have plenty of that for whatever. I'll drop a bunch of that. But, yeah, definitely. Because I, I found myself wanting, like you said, to hold on to the hearts and lenses. Or, uh, and, you know, the other, like, you got special braidings and stuff like yep. that that you'd have that are specifically for the special weapons that you want down the line. Right. Um. And so I kept hoarding them, and then at the end, it's like, oh well, I could have sold all these. And exactly, got a whole I bunch ended of shards. up at the very end of the game. I was like, oh yeah, I I didn't need most of these yeah. at all, and I yeah sold a bunch of them at the very end, and yeah. yeah. Um, here's another thought that I read somewhere that I would love. This is uh, the Gorilla Games made this right. obviously mm-hmm. huge Killzone legacy behind them. Yep. Um. What I thought would be fascinating that I read online is getting a Killzone type shooter taking place as a prequel during during the war. Uh, yeah, kind of like a Rogue One machines? story where you know everyone's gonna die mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Spoilers if you haven't seen Rogue One. Yet. <laughs> hey, um, it's a spoiler podcast. But so. you know the, that last wave of defense to allow them the thirty to forty days to put Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn together. I would love to see like these guys fighting to the death against these machines as yeah. they're just like no hope in sight. I'd ha- I'd have mixed feelings about that, just because they do so much. They do so well of like giving you that that sense of not only despair but you also pick up stuff where people are like, man, like I'm fighting for Zero Dawn. Like I'm you know I'm gonna yeah. keep doing this. It's great. Like I'm gonna hold out or whatever. Or there's that that guy that you you find um, audio tapes where his wife keeps sending him messages, and then eventually she's like, "I'm not hearing from you anymore. What's going on?" And then, wow, the person that you're that you are now is not the person that I've that I know at all. It's like yeah. you're completely different, you know. So you, in a sense, they've kind of already done that. It's just you haven't experienced it. You're sure. you're experiencing it after the fact, um, knowing that. You know, these people that are all gung-ho about fighting for Zero Dawn. Yeah, we're enduring victory. We're going to push off these machines so they can finish Zero Dawn, and we're going to live. It's going to be great. You're going to die. I'm sorry. Um, So I would have mixed feelings of them going back to that, into the past and and doing that kind of stuff. Because in in the... in the further, so in the sequel, let's say Horizon Zero Dawn comes out in a couple of years, or Horizon Zero Dawn Two, or whatever they call it, <laughs> down the line comes out. I, I part of me wants them to deal less with the past stuff. Sure, because we know how that ends and everything. Granted, there could still be something there. We don't know if other countries had their own programs, something like that. Maybe, maybe the United States was the only one. We don't know. Um, I assume that they were because they flew in a bunch of foreign people and right. stuff for it. If they had one, why would they send their people? Whatever. Um, also, they probably didn't tell anyone else in the world that, also, hey, by the way, the yeah. end of the world's coming. Yeah, probably also true. Um, but uh, I, I would like them to, see, to deal more about um, Aloy and what she does now after that. 
she's pretty much accomplished her purpose. And we know we have Silence out there with Hades. Yep. We don't know what he's going to do. And another thing that I'm glad that they didn't kind of shoot the wad on was in a lot of the dungeons, I think the like last two or three dungeons are within those Titan machines. Yep. Like the big, like had tentacle arms and like manufacture other machines on top of being these super weapons that you never see come alive. Yeah. And the whole time I, I like when I got inside one, I was like, this thing could come alive and destroy everything. Yep. Like, there's definitely room for them to bring one of those into the fray, or maybe Silence tries to awaken one. I, I don't know. But that's another thing where I'm like, man, it would be interesting to see that thing. But maybe that's a, in a prequel, you could see those things, you know, sure. coming in. Before and, they run down. And... Yeah. Um, which would be interesting. So I don't know if, if I would want that or not. I, I, I think at first I, I would be like, I, I wish that, you know, that they wouldn't, but then I would probably love it. <laughs> but at, at the same time, that would also potentially detract from them making more of Horizon. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. It would be an interesting maybe prequel to to the to the sequel of having it start out as you know something in the past. I don't know. They've also announced kind of uh, a single player DLC. Yes, story DLC it, it's Horizon. some kind of expansion. Yeah, which has me really excited. I wonder what that's going to cover. And yeah, I wonder if it takes place after. Um, the events of Zero Dawn potentially leading into whatever our sequel may be. Yeah. Um, or if it's, you know, something that's contained within the story itself that as it's told. Either way, I'm really excited and I'm getting that day one. Yep. And I'm going to play the shit out of it. Yep. Whatever it is. Whatever available for pre-order, I'm putting my money yep. on it. I, I would also love, um, somebody else, um, was tell- talking to me about this of if that DLC expansion could be you as Rost. Um, being the death, uh, what do they call it? Death seeker. Death seeker, yeah. And going out and hunting down those barbarians that killed that his family cool. and stuff. I was like, that would be kind of cool to see some more Rost because yeah. I loved that guy. He was super cool. Um, that was one of the things I loved. Just like the whole time, I was like, why is this guy an outcast? Yeah. What did he do? Mm-hmm. And then why? Why do these ladies, as an outcast, why do they trust him with this with, baby? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that. Like he's obviously an outcast for a reason, but also they kind of. Yeah, and then like um, when you when you're like going into one of the cities or whatever, the people don't say anything to him; they just kind of gesture or whatever and yep. open the doors for him. And Aloy is like, "Why the hell did they they let you go through these doors or whatever?" And he has a really good line about something about related to the fact of like people can still respect you after something or whatever yeah. like obviously he says it way better than i am right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh and you're like wow he he obviously was somebody that was well respected people liked him and then he did something terrible or what what made him do that as you were saying and then come to find out his family was murdered by this other tribe and he swore vengeance upon them and upon becoming a death seeker the assumption is you're going to die yep. if you become one and if you don't you are cast out from the from the tribe yep. and you've left the mother's embrace you've mm-hmm. there's no coming back from that which that'll be interesting too to see the nora outside of the mother's embrace yeah because now that the the matriarchs um have deemed it okay to be outside of the embrace after the events of of Zero Dawn, seeing them kind of acclimate to being with the Karja, and I, the, I don't think they ever knew the Osram existed. 
Or at least if they did, they had very little knowing Probably of not. Really, the only tribe they had interaction with was the, the Karja when they came and um, were kidnapping people to sacrifice for the, the Sun King. Yeah. So that would be kind of interesting, them interacting with the, the Asaram and the, the Karja and Shadow Karja there. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Not that I can think of, no? besides I fucking loved the, the shit out of this game. Yeah. Um, and clearly, as we have done, I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours upon end. And there's a lot of stuff in this game that we didn't even talk about right here that if any of this excites you or it sounds interesting to you, yep. go play this game. Because Absolutely. it is absolutely fantastic it's my game of the year so far i think so for me too um, yeah and it's going to be a hard one to top for sure yep even even legend of zelda <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us again josh yeah of course you're always anytime. welcome back at any time uh everyone else listen back next week we're gonna be a little early next week so Ooh. surprise Bye bye